I finally got you to open up a little bit about what you were feeling. And after that, you fell asleep and I cried (laughs) because I just felt so overwhelmed and felt so bad that you were feeling all these things and couldn't tell me. Yeah. And so... I remember getting a message from you at one point while you were down there and just saying, hey, how's the trip? And I don't know what you responded, but whatever it was, I just thought, oh, crap, things aren't good. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Ronick, why do you know so much about weed and bongs? (laughs) Matt knows a lot about everything. It's totally random. I don't understand it. Hey, Siri, what is chronic? A chronic condition is a human health condition or disease that is persistent or otherwise... Hey, Siri. What is the type of marijuana chronic? Tetrahydrocannabinol is an aromatic chemical, chirochemical, and an organic chemical. It didn't get through chronic. Anyways, not important right now. Welcome to our show. Are we recording? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, we're recording. We got that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Starting where Steve asked, why do you know so much about weed or whatever you said? She's gotten strangely quiet. <laughs> He's just sitting there smiling. Just, just perplexed by the fact that Matt knows so much about weed. Matt knows so much about the bongs. most random things ever. Ask me a question. I could probably answer it. <laughs> Matt throws his head any, back. He's got his eyes closed. <laughs> like, any, anyone want to call in? Any yeah. live callers? Any live callers? <laughs> Holding the lines. He looks like answers or questions are going to come down yeah. from heaven. They're just falling <laughs> from the sky. <laughs> so somebody told me yesterday, she's like, I text you every time I listen to an episode. And then every time I do for a split second, I think, oh, my gosh, the recording. I probably just interrupted him. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, wait, this is not like real time. Okay. It is a two-week delay. Speaking of which, I have an idea for a live event once we can actually have an event. I think we should have an event like in our backyard or somewhere with couches set up everywhere and like Do a live coffee rec- tables. So what? it's like a live recording with us, but it's like people are sitting in our living room. Like they always say, I feel like I'm sitting in the living room with you guys hanging out on the couch. Brought to you with a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll clap. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have signs to say applause? We'll put the kids in charge Light of those. chuckle. <laughs> Heavy hearty, chuckle. Hearty laughter. <laughs> but don't you think that'd be fun? That'd be really fun. I think it'd be a fun idea. Let us know if you think that'd be a fun idea. Send us a message. If you would come to our live event with couches. You could set up we'd the popcorn drinks. machine, yeah, the cotton we'd candy have, maker. Yep. All sorts of stuff. And you'd be the nacho so fun. cheese dispenser. Oh, yeah. All of Matt's favorite things. Yes. Maybe we could get Matt to buy the soft serve ice cream by then. I'm surprised you don't own one of those. We're going to get one. But we have to get the rest of the yard finished before that. Since we'll see. it's just dirt and grass. 
and concrete and pool. All right. Inflection change. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. We actually know what we're talking about this week again. Boom. Time to start. Guys, we're getting so organized. We do have a couple new reviews. Do we want to read the reviews? Not at that point. (laughs) That was me, but not me. (laughs) Not at that point. (laughs) Not there. I don't know what Jessica just hit on her phone, but that was my voice. In super speed and very gravelly. Hit it again. (laughs) Hit play real quick. I want to hear it. Are you at this point? That was me. I love All your right. laugh on that high speed. I listen to him on a high speed too when I, when I listen. Yeah, I listen to everything on high speed. <laughs> <laughs> That's my impression of Jessica's laugh on high speed. <laughs> if, you're, if you are listening in regular speed right now, crank it up to what? 1. 1.75? 1.5. 1.75. <laughs> now give us a good laugh, Jessica. <laughs> Good job. On, on, on cue. cue. <laughs> That's all it takes to get me to laugh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did go back from my mic just because I was embarrassed. <laughs> so who knows whether you'll get that or not. Okay. All right. What are we doing? Are we reading a review or are we uh, jumping right into it? Yeah, let's read a review real quick. Okay. I'm going to read it. You're going to read it? This is from... I thought I was the official review reader. You and Steve both read them. I think you read them too slow, Matt. <laughs> I'm always like, come on, just spit it out already. Well, that's because you guys keep interrupting Yeah, and me. then you go back and start over. Well, if you want to interrupt me. <laughs> I'm going to read the review. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, fine. <laughs> this is from William SC0731. <laughs> Funny, hopeful, and inspiring. I dedicated all my podcast listening sessions to this one as soon as I started it. How many I love that. podcast listening sessions does he have? I don't know, but I'm impressed. Thank you. I absolutely loved hearing the stories, and I'm so inspired at how kind and loving the three of you are to each other. It's not something I've ever heard of before, and it gives so much hope and positivity to everyone dealing with difficult situations. Thank you. Yeah. I I'm like not hearing gonna, that. I'm not going to read anymore right now, but... okay. There's a bunch of new ones. Thank That's you, guys. Awesome. Appreciate that. All right. So we're going to talk about what Steve did on mine and Matt's wedding night. What? <laughs> it's really funny because I didn't remember ending on that until I listened to the episode today. Yeah, I have a, I have the notes even written down. Like yeah. what Steve did the night of Matt and Jessica's wedding. Everybody wants to know what you did. They all know what we did. What did you do, Steve? So I have another question on here, though, before oh. we get into that. It says, oh. why our last recording was so hard for Steve? Did I say it was hard for me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't remember. <laughs> it was just in that moment. Reviewing our last recording. That was just a really big day for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a big milestone in my life, Okay. <laughs> I love how you said that with a very straight face and then realized exactly what you were saying. <laughs> like it was the hugest day of your freaking life. When I, when I gave when away you my ex-wife. When you married off your ex-wife. That was so hard, wasn't it? I should have been the one to walk you down the aisle. <laughs> Who did walk you down? 
don't remember. <laughs> I don't either, but I'm assuming he did. <laughs> why, he... why wouldn't you have assumed it was me? <laughs> Maybe I walked down by myself. I don't know, <laughs> but it wasn't she. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> Crafting. Crafting. Crying and laughing. Oh, my gosh. Why was it a big day? <laughs> Come back and listen to the last episode. I told you why it was a big day. It was just very emotional. I read the summary. Who writes our summaries? <laughs> <laughs> our podcast producers. Sometimes I think they're really good. Sometimes I think they're really kind of strange. But... They're going to listen to it, just so you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, this time I read through it, and I thought they said, Steve explains, I don't know, I'm trying to paraphrase, paraphrase. here, but something like... Is this the Instagram that, post or the description? No, the description of the episode. <clears throat> I don't know where I... I think yeah. I read it on your Go Instagram. Go ahead, keep going. But it said... I don't think like I can pull it up without... Steve's... This day started out as... I don't know. Steve's anxiety turned into a relief, like a load. I don't know. He said it better than I did. But anyway, it started out as a very, as a day full of anxiety and ended like with me feeling like a burden had been lifted. Steve admits that it was hard to see Jessica move on, but was happy to show her the same support she continues to show him. He talks about attending their close-knit wedding and luncheon reception and how his anxiety prior to the ceremony left like... Or felt like closure afterwards. Yeah, that was that was the phrase. <laughs> so I was just thinking on that today, and I'm like, yeah, you said it. You said it just right, buddy. Good job. Whoever writes our summary. <laughs> Whoever writes our summary. Thank you for that. You did awesome. Because <laughs> right. it was such a big day for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Whoosh. So I left the wedding. Felt a huge burden lifted. Not the wedding. Driving away from... I specifically remember driving away from Oriental Express, which apparently had a different name. Golden Phoenix. Golden Phoenix. And it felt the same as it did when I rode my bike away from you and I officially... Being done. Being done. Like, it was just... Like, I felt a huge burden lifted. It was like the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. I just felt such a relief. Like, I could finally exhale. And then um, a girlfriend of mine who knew... Okay, so let me give a little backstory. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this. Maybe I already told this story. But I had moved into your apartment. Yeah. Like nine months prior or Yeah, we've like talked that. about that. And the reason we did that because you were moving into Cammy's house that she was letting you yeah. house sit and live in and whatever. And it was a furnished house. So basically, it was like you packed your suitcase and your clothes and... I left went, all of my stuff. Yeah, you left everything in the apartment. So yeah. I moved into an apartment that was exactly the way it had been, just the way you left it. Like, yeah. it was still decorated with your stuff and arranged your way and everything. I mean, it just... So this girlfriend of mine, she's like, your apartment screams ex-wife. Yeah. She's like, so after the wedding, she hits me up and she's like, hey, I'm coming over. We're going to get high and we're going to de-wife your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what we did. <laughs> why I think it's funny that this episode started with Matt making bong sounds and talking about weed. <laughs> I have never heard this story. 
Neither have I. I didn't know this either. You also hadn't heard the toast that I prepared for your wedding. Because <laughs> it was such a big day. <laughs> First Eve. <laughs> yeah. So she came over and we like completely redid my apartment. That's awesome. It was awesome. And that's when we started painting the piano. Oh, yeah. That was one of the things we did, because we had that piano, Jessica, Mm -hmm. that you and I had had for years, and it was just a plain black piano. You'd painted it black. And we pulled out paintbrushes and just started covering it in anything and everything. Psychedelic-type patterns. Basically. (laughs) You need to make a post about the piano, please, or about this process and how it made you feel. (laughs) And that's how the piano got its first new coat of paint. This is like a real thing that's super therapeutic to do after you've been living with somebody or after a divorce or anything. I think it is huge to go in and like, yes, there are things that you Change keep space, and that you make love, it your own. but make it your own, man. Purge. I remember we had some <laughs> some clock that your mom gave us that said like families are forever on it or something. Did and you that take was it back and bash it to pieces. <laughs> no, but I took it apart and painted it and like redid the whole thing. But there were just different things like that. That What'd you paint on it? My next family will be forever. (laughs) (laughs) No. no. Just made it bright and colorful. But just stuff like that, I feel like, was very therapeutic. Did you do stuff like that, What clock was this? Everybody in your family has one. What's it look like? I don't know. Go look at your family's house. (laughs) I remember it. Before and after. What did you ask, Matt? I asked Matt if he had a similar, did you do this, like, de-wife? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really. Because you were living with your parents? We'd moved into a new place. Yeah. And everything was already in boxes. Oh. So you just left it in boxes? Yeah, so I just left everything in boxes. Which I can attest to because I remember when we moved <laughs> the first time <laughs> and I'm getting stuff ready to move and going through everything in the storage room that was in our basement of our first house. Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> Like, her underwear and stuff was still in boxes down there. Her clothes yeah. were still in boxes. I had no idea. You unboxed and I was like, underwear. Why do we still have this stuff? <laughs> and Matt's just like, and I Matt's don't know. And Matt's like, oh, you weren't supposed to see that box. <laughs> I didn't even know about it. He just hadn't oh, even wow. gone through it. Like, he had never opened them, so he had no idea what was in there. Yeah, funny. And there's stuff that, like, we kept, of course, like, wedding pictures and different things. Like, I feel like those are important for kids to have later on. But there was a lot of stuff that was just hers or, like, theirs that I was like, why do we still have this? It was so funny. funny. And, yeah, so she confronted me about it, and I was like, I didn't even know I had that box. I wasn't mad about it. I know. <laughs> I just wanted it to sound like you were. <laughs> it did. I was picturing like an episode of me throwing like housewives other of... women's clothing out our front door. Yeah, <laughs> burning Matt's, it. Matt's out on the front lawn, <laughs> and I'm just chucking <laughs> stuff at chucking, him. Chucking, dumping boxes out the window. Or boxes of thongs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were thongs. It wasn't thongs. It wasn't thongs. Oh. It was. <laughs> so I don't even yeah. remember. <laughs> Anyways. But to answer your question, no, I didn't have to like, because I had already made. You just let me do it after we got married. (laughs) Yeah, you just junked everything. No, I just, I hadn't, I was living at my parents. It was already done. It was already done. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And until I moved into my own home. Yeah. And you saw my own home. Yeah, there was nothing in there. (laughs) (laughs) It was very minimalist. Okay, yeah. So we are married now, so we're getting 
moved in, we'll talk about the honeymoon in a second. Matt literally had two couches. Yep. I wasn't done with my story, by the way. Oh. <laughs> what story? We keep going. About, Couches, his, carry about on. his night. Come on. Our yeah. wedding night. Why you guys got to keep making this about you? <laughs> Matt also had no sugar, no salt, no pepper. Oh, I had cereal. You had cereal. I didn't say cereal. You said he had said two couches, right? Sugar, salt, and pepper. Two couches. I remember the couches. Jessica hated one of them, if you didn't know. I'm pretty sure I hated both she of them. She really wanted to get rid of it, and you wouldn't let her. No. <laughs> no, so for one of, a gift to him one time, I recovered it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So that he could keep this couch, because he thought it was so comfortable, but then it wasn't white. We had three kids, and, and we had a white couch. And I'm remembering what happened to the other one. I bought it from you, and I put it in the to lobby win. of my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We did a lot of transferring of furniture and still occasionally do. It's slowed down since we moved into our house. But anyways, okay, finish telling us about your night, Steve. You got you really did. high. You, did the, <laughs> you painted the piano. Yes. You painted the piano. And then uh, Jessica was talking about how therapeutic that really is to change. Yes. So the next morning course. I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did we do last night? <laughs> <laughs> and I walk out in the living room. And it looks great. It feels great. It's different. <laughs> to it's Steve's me. surprise. It, to my surprise. It, it looks so amazing. Yeah. I mean, like the very uptight, like tightly wound side of me was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what did I just do to my amazing piano that I got for free off of Craigslist 13 years prior or something. <laughs> 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 but it was, I was very relieved that like it looked awesome and it felt awesome and it was like very touching that. So maybe don't do it when you're super high because no, it's you more fun might. that way. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, people. <laughs> no, but I remember doing. My, <clears throat> go ahead. I I just love that she was there for me in that way, though. Like, and she and I had not known each other long, but like she came, like people come into your life at the right time, you know. Oh yeah. And she just was really in tune with where I was at and what I was feeling. And she knew like how heavy leading up to this day had been for me and just knew exactly how to, just knew exactly what I needed to not just like spiral down to a bad place with it. Maybe she should have come on our honeymoon to help Matt with that too. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) You already said on the last episode that it like hit you. Oh, it hit me hard. The second night we were married. (laughs) Okay. So now that I'm done with my story. Well, and I thought it was interesting, Steve, last time we recorded, you said it totally makes sense now why it hit you. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Why does it make sense to you? What hit me? Because you were talking about, like, having heard your story with Anne and how much of a burden you felt providing for a new right. wife and a new child and particularly a wife that was not good with finances and that... Or that like, you didn't see eye to eye with on finances. Yeah. And that you had to, I mean, you took, you had a big burden there. And then the way you kind of, at least the way I took it was all of a sudden you're married and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm in this again. I have to take care of this family. I have a wife and daughter now adding to the pack here. And like, I feel like you all of a sudden kicked back into protective mode. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I kicked into a, I got to protect myself mode. And in your first, marriage you talked about how it was just bam real life the minute you were married like yep. there was no time to like enjoy things and slow down there was no honeymoon phase for you it sounded like it was no. just 
you know, baby on the way. Baby already here. Baby there. there. <laughs> okay. But baby I feel there. like that hit you again and you're just like immediately. Home already there. <clears throat> like yeah. everything just hit. All the burdens all boom. at once. And it seems like that's what it was for you yeah. with Jessica. All the burdens all at once again. Yeah. I think that's spot on. Yeah. Well, and I think I had come from a healthy relationship, I would say, where we were able to communicate about things and we had a good thing. So I was prepared for that, like looking forward to having a person like that again in my life that I could share everything and that I knew I could trust and that I could lean on for support and all these things. And you had basically had the opposite experience from me where you didn't have that confidence or that support or that you know, you guys just never were able to figure that out. I couldn't bring up any issues to communicate. Yeah. Without it turning into like a fight. A huge fight. Of like her leaving. Yeah. And me not knowing when she was going to come back. Yeah. And so like I couldn't, I was. You were protecting yourself. Yeah, I was protecting was myself in a way. protective mode. And I was conditioned to internalize everything. Yes. And so that was hard because I knew you were feeling things and I knew things were changing for you, but you could not communicate those to me. And you literally couldn't. Like it was. I didn't know how. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So it created some issues. (laughs) But we did have a great time. Like we. What did you do on the honeymoon? Like. We went to Guatemala. We went to Guatemala. Atitlan, right? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we were in Atitlan, I remember it rained the whole time. So we flew. (laughs) We watched YouTube videos. into Guatemala City. Yeah. I had some friends of mine in Guatemala pick us up from the airport. Yeah. Because this is where you started your mission. Right. Yeah. And so they picked us up and it was so awesome to see them. And then they drove us to Antigua. That first night? That first night. Oh, yeah. They That's where did. we stayed the first night. Yeah, we did stay in Antigua the first night. I think it's so funny that Jessica, you and I had done almost the exact same, same trip. <laughs> To Guatemala City and Antigua and Lago Atitlan. Yeah. Like one year prior. <laughs> yep. When we lived in Belize. Yeah. Okay. Not one year prior. I don't know how but prior. It, yeah. Well, it couldn't have been that long. It was like three years. Okay. I guess it would have been because it was before Penny was born. But yeah. And we had fun and yeah, I'd been there. So I knew what I was in for, yep. which is good. And I'd been there. I'd yeah. lived there. And it was fun to like see people you'd been on your mission with. Y'all hadn't and... been married, so you didn't know what you were in for. <laughs> <laughs> All of that part was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but there was, I mean, there was definitely a change that I knew had happened in you. And I remember the last night, I finally got you to open up a little bit about what you were feeling. And after that, you fell asleep and I cried <laughs> because I just felt so overwhelmed and felt so bad that you were feeling all these things and couldn't tell me. Yeah. And so. I remember getting a message from you at one point while you were down there and just saying, hey, how's the trip? And I don't know what you responded, but whatever it was, I just thought, oh, crap. (laughs) Things aren't good. Yeah. And like I said, you didn't tell me why. And I was reading between the lines. It was just obvious something was off. So we spent a couple of nights in Antigua. Yeah. We then went to Lake Atitlan. Yeah. And spent a few nights there. Uh-huh. And then... Can we talk we about that? that place? I love that place. It's beautiful. So it is amazing. Cool. It's... Yeah. 
that dark blue water, all those volcanoes around the perimeter of the lake. It's just rad. Didn't all you those go, little villages. Steve, didn't you go for a bike ride yeah. around? Not all a, the way around. I rented but... a mountain bike and went like 25 miles halfway around or something and took a boat back. I was, that was pregnant rad. and I just stayed in the, our room. There's a little place called Jaibalito. Like my favorite little spot. Just this funny little, just like this little village just runs the, straight up the side of the on the other side, side of the, the mountain. On the other side of the lake? Uh, it was the west side, I want to say. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's so a cool then, place. then from Atitlan, we went down to the coast and stayed right on in a surf camp. Yeah. And the surf was terrible. Yeah. That was a bummer. I remember you were super disappointed. I also remember I was on a, <laughs> what are those things you like? Slack lines. Slack lines. Mm. <laughs> And I'd gone to the bathroom when I was on the slack line and I fell off and hard. landed like uh. r- flat on my back and like knocked the wind out of me and was like laying there trying to breathe. <laughs> These people are sitting there like watching me and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see any of it. You Dang didn't see it. any of it. Sounds amazing. Oh, it was yeah. pretty funny. I was kind of sad he didn't see it because... I yeah. knew he'd make fun of me. It was cool because we stayed in a little hut that was up raised off the ground, up yeah. off the ground, and yeah, it was really hot. It was hot. <laughs> we did stay in Guatemala City a couple days too. Yep. Because we went and saw people there and went to church there as well. Yeah. So it was fun. Came home to real life. I mean, it's once you have kids and are getting remarried, it's like, hello, welcome back. It's intense. Yeah, it was intense. I remember that first summer too, at least I think it was that summer, that you asked me if I wanted you to buy us passes to Roaring Springs. I was like, no, why would I want to pass to Roaring Springs? <laughs> and then like later on, that's another thing I learned is that Anne always insisted on having passes to Roaring Springs. Which is the water park. Which is the water Boise. park here in Boise. Yeah. It's and fun. It is fun. But I was like, I'm not taking, it's too far away. I'm not going to haul my little kid out there every day. She can't go on any of the big slides. And I remember thinking that was so weird. And then you did give me one one year and I used it like once and I felt really bad because <laughs> we spent money Why? on it. Why? It's such a cool place. It is fun. But like when you have a three-year-old, mm, okay, I didn't care about being out there. Take her to Ivy Wild and she was just as happy. And it was $100 for the whole family for the whole summer. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember... I remember things were really rough for like the next eight weeks. And well, the first couple of years were pretty rough. But I remember eight weeks in going on a trip to see your Aunt Penny. Before we get too far. Yeah. Do you remember when we were flying out to Guatemala? Didn't we go through Chicago for some reason? I thought we went through Chicago. I have no idea. Anyways, it doesn't matter which airport it was, but... I remember that there was a family bathroom. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd bring yeah, this and up. <laughs> oh, no. She, she was trying to convince me to go have sex in the family bathroom. <laughs> I think I got you into in the, the airport. bathroom. Yeah, we got into the bathroom, and I used the bathroom. And I was like... <sighs> I couldn't get him to do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this is another was thing in this first part of marriage that was really hard for you. Sex. Sex. <laughs> Why? He wasn't used to having a wife that wanted to have sex with in, him. In airport bathrooms? Yeah. 
anywhere. Anywhere, right? I, I, really? I wasn't used to it. I've never heard this before. I wasn't used to, like... A woman wanting sex. Wow. Because he'd only had one experience in that area, too. And she was doing other things on the side. And so she had a limited... Matt had a limited sex life in his first marriage. See, and Jessica had only had one experience with that, too. And it was with a gay guy. So <laughs> she, was, she was probably real ready. <laughs> we still had a good sex life, Steve. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I totally tried to get you to have sex in the family bathroom. Yeah. In the layover. And you would have none of it. Yeah, I... It was, How did that make you feel? He said it was weird and you weren't going to do it, but... I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I, it, it was... It's funny because he texted his friend about it and his friend's like, dude, <laughs> why didn't you do this? Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, oh... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt legit thought I was a sex addict for... I don't know how long into our marriage. Still think you? I still think that. <laughs> he told me that several times joking. Yeah. And then finally I was like, all kidding aside, I seriously think you believe that I am a sex addict. And he admitted it like later on that yes, he did. Why? Why did you feel that? For this reason, because I enjoyed having sex. Because I wanted to have sex with him in the beginning. <laughs> or like in general. When you're not in a... Just when you were not, home. When, we're not when you're in not an in an airport. <laughs> Basically After Guatemala. That. Basically that. When we weren't in an airport, we were, <laughs> we were having we're... sex. <laughs> in Guatemala, there was a lot of sex because it was our honeymoon. But then even after that, like it's still, yeah, he struggled with that. Sorry, mom and dad. If you're <laughs> having to listen to this. And it was, it was hard too, like for me on that end of things, because here I was, I was married to a man that liked women. <laughs> <laughs> And I had been dating all of these guys who I knew wanted me and who were, you know, it was like this different. It was different than the first time I dated. The second time around, it was very different. And these feelings. And now I'm like, yes, I can finally let out all of this sexual energy I have because I'm married to this guy. And what guy doesn't like to have sex? And so I I felt very rejected Mm. a lot of the time. So it was just an interesting, yeah. And then I remember talking about, I'm like, why do you have a problem with the fact I want sex? Like, why does any man don't. have an issue with his wife wanting sex? And I think that's kind of when it dawned on you, like, oh, <laughs> this isn't a bad thing. No. No. It was just different for me. Talk, talk, it was different. Talk us through that. What was your thought process there, Ben? Which part? Accepting the fact that you know, I enjoy wanted sex. To... <laughs> or... So here's the, here's the thing. Like, In my first marriage, even when I would go out and talk with my friends or go out with my friends, the whole topic was, oh my gosh, it's been so freaking long since I've gotten laid. And these are his married friends. Mm -hmm. So Matt thought that was normal. And I was like, okay, like I'm in the same boat. Like that's what we could talk about. And none of us were getting any. And so I thought, oh, this is normal. Yeah. Okay, it's normal that After you get married, you don't ever have sex except when you're trying to have a baby. (laughs) Wow. And so that was something I had to relearn after being married to somebody who, you know, that's what it felt like. It wasn't often. And now I'm married to somebody who wants it often. And I'm like, wait a second, something is wrong because I've just trained myself that I'm never going to get some. And now, yeah. 
And after we had this conversation where you told me about your friends as well, that first of all, A, I didn't get that much sex in my first marriage. And then secondly, my friends never get any. I remember telling you, your friends aren't getting sex because they're not treating their wives the way their wives need to be treated in order to feel like they want to have sex. So we talked about this kind of before. Like if you are showing love to somebody outside of the bedroom, that's usually where the disconnect is, is outside of the bedroom. That then who wants to all of a sudden be intimate with their husband when they don't feel loved? The foreplay needs to start way before the bed. The emotional foreplay. That's what we always used to call it. Emotional foreplay. That women need emotional foreplay. They need to feel connected to their husbands. And so, and I- I didn't know how to do that, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the thing is- And I still struggle with it. I was still trying to give you sex. I was still trying to connect with you on that level, even though maybe my needs weren't getting met in other ways. Right. And you just like, it was hard for you to just, comprehend that. But then when I, you told me your, about your friends and we had that conversation, I think it opened up your eyes yeah. to, oh, that makes more sense of why my friends weren't getting any either. And the reason I wasn't getting sex makes sense because of what happened with my wife, my ex-wife. And then it made things better. Like it did it get did. a little better after we had that conversation. Yep. <laughs> but it was, it was hard. It was hard to like figure Duh. out. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it was hard to figure that out, to figure out how we balance that and Matt be okay with the fact his wife likes having sex with him. That was weird. He's okay with it now, people. Yeah, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I've, I've learned that that's See? okay. But this is why I think it's weird to wait until you're married to have no, sex. But this would have, it still would have changed after we got married, guaranteed. This is another thing where it still would have changed how he felt because he was different when we were dating than after we got married, which is a true thing for so many relationships. It's not just that we didn't have sex. I know you feel differently and I shoot you down every time. (laughs) It's funny who I heard from this week. About this comment. Today, because it's It's that episode just, yeah, who have said, oh my gosh, I have always secretly thought that. Why do we Mormons wait until we're married to have sex? Dude, there are so many reasons to wait until you're married to have sex. I know, I know. So many reasons. But I get it from both. No. No. Um, But this is another funny thing is I remember, so we talked about you and I having conversations about sex, about Matt and I having sex Mm -hmm. after Matt and I got married. So Steve and I had conversations about this. And you being like, and this was probably a month or so in. What are you talking about now? Steve and I had a conversation about you and I having sex. Okay. And he's like, well, how often do you guys have sex? And I told him. Every day. Pretty much. When Matt gets home from work or whenever. We have sex almost every day. Probably four or five times a week at least. And you being like, what? You have sex that often? And me having to remind you, you and I had sex that often when we were married. Not that often. Yes, we did. Probably like twice a week or once a week. <laughs> no, 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 Steve. We had sex. This <laughs> is so awkward right now. <laughs> I, I wonder how often people think that when they're listening, that they're just like, oh my gosh, how can the three of them be talking about this right now in the same room? Yeah. Carry on. Carry I don't on. think it's awkward. Whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we had sex probably three to four times a week when we were married. Not yeah. like Every single week, but the majority of the time mm-hmm. we did. Because I wanted to stay connected to you. Right. I wanted to keep that connection. And it's an important connection to have in marriage. Yeah. 
So yeah, I thought that was funny. And you then were like sitting there like, huh? <laughs> You're like, I guess we did. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of being married. Huh. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So that was a rough start in that area. I mean, actually, it was really fun. We had a really good time. But figuring that out was definitely it's a process you work through. And I think it's a process most couples work through. Yeah. Especially as things change as you get married and things calm down a little. And yeah. Any other questions about sex? No, I, I do remember, I think it was like the first month or two after we got married. Like even before we got married, we purchased a new car, a new car together. Mm-hmm. Right. Just you wanted to get rid of my car. In preparation. I don't want to, I wanted you to have a reliable car. I had a reliable car. You wanted a bigger car that we could That's put the true. kids in. That was the issue. I had. You had what? Your Audi. I had my Audi that I yeah. bought by myself. And Steve couldn't believe that I bought a car by myself. Can we talk about that? Yeah. That was another big day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up at work. You did. Because I was watering plants at the hotel Steve worked at. And I'm like, I got a new car. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I bought a new car. So this you was. You did not believe me. This was when. We were both living in Boise, like I'd moved back, and I had my junky old truck, my 91 Silverado. Yeah. And you had our car, whatever our car was. The Lancer. Which was having issues, as you mentioned on the drive back, was having all the We found out it had been in freaking Hurricane Katrina or something. Yeah, right. buried in water. Yeah. So the car had cost so much money, it was just sitting there. We didn't have enough money to fix it. So you I took- I was driving it. You took my truck, remember? No. Eventually, we just parked the Mitsubishi, and you drove my truck. Yes. Oh, no, you you didn't. I don't remember this at all. You drove the truck, and I biked to work every day. Oh, remember Because we were trying to figure out what the heck to do with the Mitsubishi. Because it was going to be like 2500 bucks to fix it or whatever, and it was so not worth it. We're still driving, though, because I drove it to the dealership. Huh. Interesting. So I was having big enough issues, so I didn't drive it regularly. Obviously. And maybe it's, maybe you just parked the truck at the apartment, and if they needed it, I don't I guess. know. I don't know. But I don't know. Anyways, keep going. Point was, we were trying to figure out what the heck to do to like get you a reliable car. I don't and remember you being in this at all. That is so funny. You don't remember me being in this? My own thing. And okay. I was living up at Tammy's when I bought the new car. Yeah. Well, it was just, my point is, it was a huge burden lifted when you showed up with the car, and I'm just like, okay. It's just one more thing that I just hated when you were not taken care of, and I felt responsible for that, because I had like Felt like I, I felt like any little bit of misfortune you had was my fault because I had ruined your everything. Well, and you had been told <laughs> yes. that you had ruined my life. Yes. By who? By somebody close to him, not me. And so I think you really took that on. Mm-hmm. Even though I told you over and over again, this is not your problem. This is not your fault. Yeah. Like, I'm a big girl. I can take care of myself. You need to stop, like, taking on my issues. But when you got yourself a car, it was a huge burden lifted that one. I had a nice car. You, could, you now had a reliable car that wasn't going to break like down. It looked like a grandma car, but I had a car that drove and it was nice. It's a nice little Audi. It was light blue with brown interior. That's why I looked like a grandma car. Yeah. <laughs> I did not care. And it drove. So, anyways, we traded in that car to get a big car so that we could fit the whole family in it. Because right. we took all of the kids on a trip in my car. Yeah. And it was like horrible, even though they were little. There's just too many little kids in the backseat. Too many hands touch in each other people's other. faces. <laughs> we needed you a car. the divide line. Yeah, yeah we needed exactly. a car that they couldn't touch each other. 
<laughs> Anybody relate to that? Anybody? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do not understand why they still have not invented a minivan with a roll-up limousine window behind. I know, seriously. Behind the driver and passenger seats. So you can just shut the Every kids out. family would buy one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Separate sound system in front and back. Yeah. Seriously. You know, they have that, like with the DVD players in back and whatever. But, but where is the limousine window that separates the back of the van from the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What were you going to say about buying that car, though? No, I was just, that was one of the things that, that was a we big step. We jumped into. Yeah, that was yeah. a big step for us. Yeah. And then. Matt, did you insure this car? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> But we quickly realized that we didn't even want that car. And we ended up trading in two cars for one. Do you remember that? We ended I up, remember that. <laughs> why don't you remember Yeah, it, why don't Jessica? you remember this? <laughs> we ended up trading in my Honda Element and the Acadia for the Subaru Tribeca. Oh. And we just went down to one car. I thought y'all were crazy. Oh, yeah. We did one have car. one car for a long time. Yeah, for like a year. Yeah. A year and a half. Yeah, we made that work. It was awesome. We were good. So I rode a, I rode my bike to work every day. Yeah, as often as you could. And Steve thought we were crazy. Steve, I did. This Steve? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, is that who you were referring yeah, to? Yeah, your partner Steve. No. Yeah, I did think you were crazy. Like, what are you guys thinking? One car for both of you? It works. Because I thought, Matt, that you were going to be driving it to work and Jessica was going to be stuck at home losing her mind. No. There was no, some of that that's too. That's just happening but... right now. Because <laughs> we're still in quarantine mode right now, people. Yep. Will we be when this episode airs? Probably. That is the question. When will it air? Two weeks from now? Yeah. And I think, so I've had a couple people actually reach out since we've started talking about you and I getting married who yeah. were like, oh my gosh, I felt so many of the same things when we got married. Like my husband was sweet and affectionate and would like do sweet little things for me. Not big things, just like the texts and the notes and whatever, little things. And they were like, as soon as we got married, I felt that change. Like it was like night and day. Was there, were those second marriages by chance? No, first? it was first. Okay. Is and that it's common. It must just be the change from a mentality of courtship, if we want to use that yes. word, to real yeah. life. Yeah. So the keys to this overcoming so, these are communicating, like learning yeah. how to communicate. And that takes time. I think we've done a disservice to everyone in society because a lot of times the media has portrayed the fact that all women are controlling. Yep. And all women are going to do this and this and want to just have both hands in the man's bank account and they're just going to run them dry. So I think the media has done an extreme disservice to society in general. Along with that, romantic comedies or romantic movies in general create this fantasy of what like women think they want from a man. That they need all these big elaborate things, that they need all this. And if a man's not doing that, he must not love me. So I mean, it's like this whole thing that you got to really focus in on what is really reality. So with that being said, I think there's a lot of pressure yeah. on both ends of the spectrum yeah. where one, if you just communicate it through between you two, and it's just you two, because that's all that matters at this point, yeah. and just forget about what those pressures are from both sides. Well, and talk about your own expectations and your own feelings of this is what I experienced 
this is why I'm feeling this way. Like you, it's part of that too. Like your own life experiences that play into this. You were raised in different families. You saw different parents, like different relationships in your parents growing up. Like you have all these different things. Right. Different ways of handling decision-making. Yes. And finances and parenting and, you know, what decisions do you make together? What decisions does someone make on their own? Does does the wife do all of the decorating in the house and the man picked out the house or vice versa? (laughs) Or, you know, it's just figuring out those different cultures and different. And the other thing is, like, I think there is something to getting married younger that makes it. I mean, I know I know even with that being said it still can be a really hard first year, first year or two, but at least I feel yeah. like you grow up together. Like you kind of yeah. figure you out. You don't know who the heck you are no, when you get you married at 21 and 23 like you and I did. We figured out who we were together. Yeah, and it was fun. We, yeah. you and I, Matt, were very set in our ways more so like we'd had these you had lives, you had routines, yep. you had, had habits, kids, you had, had exes. We yes. had, that like have shaped how we show up in our marriage. And I remember having to remind you of this a time and again, Jessica, a time and again, yes, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> of when things were rough in that first, as you said, eight weeks, of just being like, Jessica, you can't expect this to be the way it was for me and you. Like, this is yeah. different. Yeah. You both are coming into this with a hundred more complications than you yeah. and I went into it with. Yeah. All right, people. I remember the decision that was made on our honeymoon. Matt, didn't you hear her say all right? <laughs> yeah, but Here's I'm not one more finished. comment. Let's hear this. It still has to do with our honeymoon. Tell us. The fact that we, I decided. Oh, gosh. What? Yeah, I remember this decision. Go ahead. Tell me. I decided that we probably shouldn't have children together. The day after we got married. <sighs> yeah. Like we had talked about it and we were planning to have kids. The day after we got married, you told me we weren't going to have a kid. I just kids. gasped for dramatic effect. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. We didn't even have to hold a sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk more about that next time. Let's pick up on that because now I have questions. Okay. All right, everybody. There have a is. great week. <laughs> I did that just for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.